Welcome to Jerusalem Studio Podcast. Join us to discuss the latest updates from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to Jerusalem Studio. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken visited Israel last week for the second time during his watch as President Biden's top diplomat, 10 months after his first trip to Jerusalem. Last year, his mission was to help reach and preserve a ceasefire between Israel and Hamas with Egyptian mediation. This time, he celebrated Israel's growing acceptance into the Middle East by Arab countries from the Gulf to North Africa. But what does that mean for the long-lasted peace process between Jerusalem and Ramallah? Is it going to stay dormant? Because life can very well go on without it, or conversely, Will it soon be restarted in order to assure stability in this part of the region? To analyze this, we are joined here in our studio by Colonel Retired, Dr. Iran Lerman, who is uh, the co-host of TV7 Middle East Review, a co-panelist at Powers in Play, uh, the Vice President of the Jerusalem Institute for Strategy and Security, and Editor-in-Chief of Jerusalem Strategic Tribune, and I can go on and on and on. Uh, Iran, it's great to have you here. Indeed, uh, as well as uh, our TV7 Editor-at-Large, host of uh, uh, Watchmen Talk, Powers and Play, and so much more, Mr. Amir Oren Amir. Let's start today with a, a question mark. Why is the political process stalled for so long uh, at a time when everybody knows that this unique challenge needs to be resolved one way or another? There is um, a perception in Israel that the um, Oslo process, which started in 1993, um, some uh, 20 months or so after the successful Madrid conference in which uh, most of the Middle Eastern entities took part, not Palestine, but only as part of a joint Jordanian-Palestinian delegation, but all of the other neighbors of uh, Israel, that this uh, process uh, has failed or uh, does not show uh, too many prospects for being revived. And because this is the perception, which has not uh, been tested in reality, but is nevertheless a factor in domestic politics, it would take an outside initiative in order to restart this process. No Israeli government, especially not this uh, incumbent coalition, uh, which cannot uh, initiate anything in any direction. Uh, we'll we'll start uh, such an initiative. If uh, the Arabs, some Arab coalition, uh, were to revive the 2002 uh, Arab peace initiative, Saudi peace initiative, King Abdullah, uh, or whoever, uh, then we will see whether the Israeli body politic uh, will respond. But because um, Prime Minister Sharon started or restarted something, in his disengagement from Gaza as a response to President Bush's roadmap uh, initiative and um, his uh, intention to recognize a Palestinian state should it be formed. And because Prime Minister Olmer then followed Sharon by trying the Annapolis process and he had intended um, a similar disengagement from the West Bank, but because of uh, his... uh, uh, involvement in Lebanon 
failed to do it. For the last 12 years, there has been no impetus on the Israeli side and no willingness on the Palestinian side to show the Israeli population, not necessarily the leaders, that it is beneficial for Israel to re-enter negotiations. Dr. Lerman? Well, actually, the last serious effort uh, was in 2013, 2014. Uh, we can... Uh, offer different assessments as to how well it was conducted by the American side, by Secretary. It was personally led uh, and managed by Secretary of State uh, John Kerry at the time. It came to uh, an end and uh, to in, in failure, paradoxically not because Prime Minister Netanyahu uh, despite his reputation as a naysayer, not because uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu said no, but because uh, uh, President Mahmoud Abbas, Abu Mazen, uh, promised Obama an answer to the American initiative in March 14 and never gave it, simply vanished. And the, the reason is an interesting one because it may indicate what may lie ahead. He was at the time uh, told by his uh, most influential advisor on, on the negotiations, the late uh, Sai Barakat, that um, he has a, what they call in the Harvard negotiation theory, a BATNA, a better alternative to negotiated out, uh, agreement, namely to isolate Israel internationally. He, he was, uh, he, unlike Hamas, he did not want to revert to, to the violence that Arafat initiated a few, uh, in, in, in the previous decade, he, he understands the discrepancy of power. He has no intention of butting heads with the IDF again. But he did think that he could win the struggle to isolate Israel, to turn Israel into essentially an, a pariah state internationally and leverage this in order to negotiate from a, a position of not strength, but more strength than the very weak position. Which subsequently blew up in his face merely a and year after. Within, by now we look seven years, or more than seven, eight years since uh, he made that decision. And we are looking at Israel being uh, as central to international politics as never in its history. The Prime Minister of Israel is a mediator, uh, acts as a mediator between Russia and Ukraine. Never. It never happened in our history. Uh, Arab uh, foreign ministers are gathering at Ben-Gurion's, near Ben-Gurion's grave to, uh, uh, to basically signal uh, a, a, a unity with Israel on key issues. And Israel mediates between the Gulf states and the United States on issues of, of oil pricing and etc. This, this is inc uh, unprecedented. Turkey is courting us, uh, and so on. So this has been a total Palestinian failure. And I'm not sure that Abu Mazen is now in the mindset or capacity, given his age and his political uh, fragility, to take stock of this failure and say, I was, I was given the wrong button, I should come back and look for a zone of possible agreement. That's always the alternative. Uh, there is no zone of uh, possible agreement uh, between where he is and his expectations are and that of the majority of Israelis. And he's not looking for it, and we probably will have to wait for the next generation of Palestinian leadership. Does this actually indicate a detachment uh, both from 
a Palestinian leadership perspective to the geostrategic understanding of Israel's international standing on the one hand, and as I uh, initially pointed out, a year after Abbas supposedly vanished from uh, uh, providing the Americans with an answer about a potential roadmap, uh, this started a lone wolf intifada, some may call it that way, where uh, the public started going out, conducting spe uh, specific lone wolf attacks against Israeli civilians and soldiers, uh, something that was completely detached from the leadership in Ramallah, which didn't really have a handle on what was happening. So uh, there is um, some relationship between the economic uh, situation in the West Bank and the political aspirations. Uh, they do not cancel each other out. And uh, even mm -hmm. if um, uh, two million Palestinians would be content, uh, especially as they look to the brethren in the Arab world, and they are better off than, than almost uh, everybody, and uh, most especially if they look to Syria and uh, Iraq and refugees. Uh, nevertheless, of course, there is a diehard minority which will always be militant and will go out uh, for uh, national, religious, or, or sometimes personal reasons and uh, try to, to stab or uh, run over uh, an Israeli. They are very... Uh, easy targets uh, to fight. But the larger issue is that there have always been inter-Arab intrigues preceding the establishment of Israel. And in fact, what happened in 1948 is that two Arab countries, Egypt and Transjordan, the Hashemite Kingdom of Jordan, did not act to help Palestine be established alongside Israel or to vanquish Israel and be set up uh, uh, instead of it. They tried to grab parts of British mandates Palestine for themselves. And later, the Palestinian issue became um, one which Arab governments became hostage to. This is no longer the case. There are so many other issues both between and among Arab countries, that the Palestinian issue can stay on the shelf. However, it does not mean that following peace with Egypt, peace with Jordan, all of the agreements with the Gulf and North African states, in which Israel was not really in a state of war, but it normalized relations which for many years have been there, especially since the Oslo process in the mid-90s. Uh, Nevertheless, sometimes, at some point in the future, the Palestinian issue must be taken care of. It will not be swept under the rug forever. The question is, what is the most opportune time, politically and internationally, to restart the process? Is this predominantly for reasons of demography, or is this well, going beyond that? Well, clearly, uh, Israel has no intention uh, of annexing the areas now governed by the Palestinian Authority or by Hamas. So there is a political reality of sorts. It has not come to fruition the form of a formal statehood. And it is part of it is because the Palestinians have rejected 
a key element of the original roadmap. The roadmap was supposed to have three stages. One is basically coming to a kind of ceasefire, end of terrorism. And then a Palestinian state with provisional borders. Uh, that was part of the roadmap. People tend to forget it. And it is a Palestinian nightmare because they assume, perhaps they're right, that uh, provisional things in the Middle East tend to be permanent. Uh, but uh, if they would, had they been willing to understand that the borders of a future Palestine will not be based on the 4th of June 67 lines with 1.8% uh, territorial exchanges uh, one for one, one, if they abandon that assumption, things could get in motion again. But Abbas clearly does not have the political clout Indeed. to make that change. By the way, for the first year of Israel's existence, we had the so-called PGI, the Provisional Government of Israel. Only after the elections to the first Knesset was a government uh, established with the same Prime Minister, Ben-Gurion. And the borders period. were also provisional and remain so, and remain so to this day. Israel's board, the only borders we have are part of our border with Jordan, because the Jordanians assume that one day the what they call still the West Bank, may change status. From the Red Sea. And the one with the, and the border with Egypt, which is on the international border. Indeed. This, of course, can be uh, analogized in multiple uh, areas throughout the world, from the United States and elsewhere. Uh, but let's uh, focus one moment on the reality on the ground. Uh, I had a friend several years back who uh, was very eager to proclaim that he intends to become a doctor. It was only subsequently that we uh, found out, myself and, and a couple of other friends, that everything uh, in order to reach that goal was uh, not entirely there and, and the person was not willing to put the work into making that a reality. Uh, several years back, I communicated, uh, I had a long conversation with the former prime minister uh, of uh, the Palestinian Authority, uh, Mr. Salam Fayyad, or Dr. Salam Fayyad, who was uh, recognized as a very uh, astute individual, capable uh, person with keen aspirations to improve the livelihood of his fellow individuals in his surroundings, at least, uh, in uh, the uh, various territories under Palestinian control. But I, I asked him, why are all the stages not being implemented in order to make the aspired Palestinian state in the process of doing so. Uh, he didn't really have uh, many hmm. good answers to that other than complaints, and I will keep uh, those complaints to myself. Uh, but, Mr. Owen, if we really look on the ground, there is no process to becoming a state other than manufacturing this idea as something that uh, may someday occur, which ultimately the economy is not there for that. The majority is based on foreign donations. Mm -hmm. the, the security apparatus till today is established by EUCOP, which is a European or European-led with the assistance from Canada and elsewhere to try to establish a uh, concrete law enforcement Apparatus that will enable uh, the law of uh, the rule of law to to be maintained within those territories, and if you really hear each one of those individuals trying to 
concretely deal with those subjects, they're all filled with frustration and unable to truly break through. What is being done? Um, Israel um, has always put up the ideal of democracy. If we only had uh, democratic uh, Arab governments, obviously they would want peace with us and uh, we will have uh, a better Middle East. It turns out that our best coexistence uh, situations are with uh, President Assisi of Egypt and King Abdullah II of Jordan, who um, would not be considered uh, among the uh, uh, top five Democrats uh, in the world. And um, because of the reality in the Middle East, it is better that they uh, are in power than those who uh, would have been democratically elected for one time. One one man, one vote, one time, because the, the next time a Morsi or another uh, leader would have turned uh, autocratic. So uh, one reason is that the Palestinians are, ironically enough, more democratic. And therefore, uh, the reflection of public opinion and of uh, uh, party organizations there um, is what we see in the uh, reluctance, the unwillingness of Abbas to reach uh, painful decisions. Now, in Arab culture, and I'm now generalizing, and I, I know it's much more nuanced, but let's generalize. In Arab culture, face is very important. And if you agree to 98% mm. of the other side's claims, you are a traitor. You gave up 2%. And it is better to be in constant limbo. You are not there, but you haven't given up on the hope. Conversely, by the way, when Anwar Sadat wanted Israel just to agree in principle that down the road, in five or ten years, it will withdraw from the Sinai fully. Just start the process, but declare that you know that this is the end state. He would not have gone to the Yom Kippur War, presumably. Um, what is important is the announced goal. And therefore, it doesn't pay for an Abbas to say, okay, I agreed with the Israelis on a common border, which to sev several Israeli groups would be unthinkable settlers and others. But for me, as the president of Palestine, it would mean that 22% of pre-1948 is what I can get and no more. Better I should leave as my legacy the hope that sometime in the future, Palestine would be larger. For the time being, I'll take the status quo. This is, of course, one school of thought, but another school of thought uh, can touch on the fact that Mahmoud Abbas doesn't need the support of all so-called Palestinians. Uh, rather, he needs the support of the family groups that, ha that hold the power in the different areas and the leaders thereof in order to garner plenty of power to assert uh, the decision-making regardless for? of what the general for? population. What, why does it uh, pay uh, if he has uh, to... Because Arab society is not Western society. No, no, but if he has 
to suppress or repress a rebellion. Against what? Against his concessions? It, it's not good enough for him. I, I agree. There's not enough reason for him to, to take the risks involved in offering Israel significant concessions. And, the, and, and no Israeli government uh, in sight, even if the left um, comes up, makes a miraculous comeback from the dead, and then what killed the, the left, Israeli left was the Oslo Agreement. You look at the numbers. Even though the Oslo Agreement never voiced once a state uh, in the making for the Palestinians. No, but the very fact that they chose Arafat as a negotiating partner, that was the kiss of death. Uh, the parties that had 56 seats in the Knesset of 92 have been reduced within 30 years to a quarter, a quarter Indeed. of their size. Now, uh, or less at some points. So uh, that, that's the, what's happening on the Israeli side. On the Palestinian side, I think that the real core of professionals, like Salam Fayyad on the economic side, like uh, and like uh, Farage uh, in the, uh, in security, the security, security side, yeah. know very well that for the time being, they do not have what it takes to sustain the state. Salam Fayyad had a beautiful plan of preparing for uh, independence. But there was one thing missing. I noticed when I read it carefully, there was no provision for a Palestinian monetary, monetary system or Palestinian uh, coin. Or, or, Rather than the Jordanian dinar. Or, or the shekel. Even, even in Gaza, Hamas pays its operatives with pictures of Israeli Zionist leaders and poets because the shekel is what goes. So, um, and, and security-wise, I think they know very well that without the nightly IDF incursions, which of course they protest loudly, they would not have been able to sustain stability in the West Bank. So for the time being, conflict management is simply better or more efficient and more workable for both sides. Down the road, things may change. The region may change if the Iranian challenge is seriously beaten back and uh, we live in a world dominated by Israel's friends in the region. Things could change, but this is not the situation. But, you know, um, we have been um, talking. You, you mentioned in your introduction the um, Negev summit uh, where Blinken, Israeli Foreign Minister Lapid, and uh, their Arab counterparts um, uh, were celebrating the new American-Israeli-Arab front against Iran. But what happened was that uh, it was overshadowed by a terror act in the Israeli uh, city of Hadera, uh, perpetrated by two Daesh, ISIS uh, adherents, uh, which all of a sudden put it in a different perspective. First of all, Israel, the United States, and Iran are against Daesh. Mm. Um, on this particular issue, Israel is indirectly an ally of Iran, its, mm -hmm. its uh, arch uh, enemy. And also, the, the Daesh terror, or from their perspective, a guerrilla attack, because they chose uniformed targets. They could have killed Israel. They would have killed quite a they lot would of have, civilians. If yes, they of had, course, of they course. They did not need uh, automatic weapons. Yes, of course. They, they wanted to take the, the rifles from uh, uh, the assault guns from, from the border police. But, mm. but nevertheless, Daesh um, uh, does not espouse the Palestinian cause uh, per se. Mm. Uh, it wants to get rid of everyone, of Israelis, uh, Westerners, and um, 
today will take Hadera to mow the, the world. But nevertheless, this is not Hamas even, not Fatah, not uh, Palestinian Islamic Jihad. So, so all of a sudden, with, with Abbas uh, only hosting his Jordanian uh, visitors, uh, very, uh, of course, uh, revered visitors, but nevertheless, if he can only make do with the Jordanians who are his competitors for control of the holy places in Jerusalem, one of the issues which mm-hmm. is yet to be resolved is assume Israel, which is what happened uh, in the uh, uh, Clinton uh, uh, era at Camp David with Foreign Minister Shlomo Benami and others coming up with some suggestions uh, regarding uh, the, the Holy of Holies with uh, three levels, who will be in charge uh, at the top, who in the middle, who... Uh, what will be left to God's management. Yes, uh, uh, divine sovereignty. Uh, <laughs> But, but then again, you see the Jordanians saying, we are going to supervise. We are the custodians of, of the holy place, not you Palestinians, perhaps the Saudis, the Moroccans, monarchs. So it's so complicated that everybody uh, finally says, let's keep what we have right now. Um, we cannot uh, go into this uh, snake pit. Not to, uh, to forget that, of course, this uh, heinous terror attack that occurred by the uh, two Islamic State-affiliated uh, uh, members uh, happened on the same week when the brother of Yahya Sinwal, who happened to be a member of Wilayat Sina, the Islamic State uh, uh, district in the Sinai Peninsula, was killed there by Egyptian forces during an operation, something that, of course, was not uh, very much highlighted, but it indicates that the capacity to control the Palestinians uh, from a leadership perspective, be it Hamas, Islamic Jihad, or uh, Fatah and its various uh, allies. It's a misfortune of of history that during the first 10 years of Oslo, Arafat was still there rather than an Abbas. Abbas is much more moderate, perhaps not moderate enough for Israeli uh, taste. But nevertheless, Arafat was, of course, the one leader in the region who broke the Oslo process. Dr. Lehrman, closing sentence. Well, I believe that uh, a solution is not impossible. It can be kept alive, it, it, not, not at this time. But it will require the Palestinians to understand that if they do want a Palestinian state, it will not be on their terms. It will be an ugly, complicated compromise. And that term has not yet entered the discussion. That's, that's very true. Uh, there will be some grand concession, but it will have to come from the outside. The, the local forces are too weak for that. Well, this is all the time that we have for today. Hopefully, in the next time, we'll be able to resolve this issue. But uh, until then, Dr. Lehrman, Mr. Oren, thank you so very much for being part of today's panel. I'd like to thank our viewers as well, and we will see you next time. Thank you for joining us in another Jerusalem Studio podcast. For more content on Israel and its region, we invite you to visit our website at tv7israelnews.com and follow us on social media.